0: All righty, welcome to another Rude Issues Podcast, where Steve and I gather around the table and discuss the root issues in our culture. Steve is on the road this week, so we've got him phoned in. And this week, we're going to be looking at Steve continued his series in Genesis. And we looked at the creation of Adam and the four Ps of manhood, which need restoring in the church and society. And so, Steve, we're going to be kind of talking about some of the today. And the big fat lie. So Steve, what you got?
1: Yeah, man. Well, we're on the road here on the middle of nowhere in uh, northern Idaho, getting ready to enter to Montana. And uh, so uh it's uh it's fun. I think this is the first time we've tried this, right? Yeah, it is the Dying, first time. Yep. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um but yeah, Sunday, you know, we continue our series as you said, uh, in Genesis chapter two and just the uh the detail that goes into around the creation of Adam and just talking about manhood, you know, a call to manhood, and, uh, you know, kind of a subtitle about it, Live Not by Lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously we'll get to chapter 3 where the big lie that, you know, launched all of humanity into this uh, this mess of sin and, you know, turned away from God. But, uh, you know, we talked about four Ps for manhood yep. that all, all found there in Genesis chapter 2. The first one being, um, the P of being a priest. Yeah. And, uh, Verse 15, we see a lot of times, I think we've read Genesis and we think, oh, you know, Adam was a farmer. Well, that's true. He was called to take dominion of uh, the land and, and provide and, and cultivate. But the words in the Hebrew actually speak of uh, something deeper than that. They, they speak of priestly work, um, that, uh, that he's supposed to maintain sacred space. But right? as a man, be responsible and bring shalom, the peace of God, right into chaos. He was to take that dominion out. God and needs to the rest of the world, um, and a priest is someone right who uh, who um, intercedes to God and then uh, and then to others. And uh, That is right; it's a very uh, priority of what a man is to maintain space, keep God at the center of things, whatever space, family, location, culture, on and on. Um, second one, uh, second P we looked at is just this idea of the second third would be provider protector pretty straightforward there he gives adam you know stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um i know he was to be the protector of Eve and to pass on those things and then of course the last one is proclaimer he was given the, the ability to name the animals and even even and, and that that powerful thing is a man that we are given to form identity and in others, uh, especially young men and children, right, to uh, be a blessing and, uh, and be responsible, obviously, with uh, the things that God has given us. So that's a quick overview of uh, what we talked about. Um, what do you think, Chris? Any any thoughts we, we want to drill in on some of that?
0: Well, I mean, you know, if we start with just the priest and we look at, like, just that that situation, you know, when I think about the word priest and I think about someone who is purposefully, intentionally keeping a union with God. And I mean, it's like, you know, their whole point, you know, in the garden was to stay in union with God. And so when I think about like a priest staying in union with God, it's like all the peas are going to stem from that. You know, can the father figure stay in union with God, stay in connection with God, preparing the priestly place, doing the priestly functions, which really boil down to staying in union with God, leading his family into what it means to have union with God, to be with God, to walk with God, to talk with God. Because, you know, the other piece, they just really just, you know, they just, the two protector and provide, like, you know, we're going to get our protection from God and we're going to get a provision from God. And then from all three of those, priest, protector, and provision, then we have something to proclaim. That God is our provider, he's our protector, and that we have union with him. And so, you know, just if you could maybe, like, drill down, like, what would you say is a father's priestly role in his family? I mean, I I think a lot of fathers, like, oh, we're going to go to church today, Sunday, and that's part of it. Like, leading the family to church. We go to church, right? And so… You know, but other priestly roles in the home, priestly roles in the family structure, if you could maybe drill down on that, because I think if we get that one wrong, man, we can get everything else out of line.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. That's well put. Yeah, when I think, again, uh, this priestly work and the word there in the Hebrew that says, you know, take care of of the garden and everything, uh, it starts with a man's own soul, is that the sacred space, being responsible, the sacred space of our own heart. But right, it begins there of being right with God. One chapter more, chapter three, we see Adam just totally goes passive when it comes to his spiritual responsibility and, uh, starts hiding from God. Yeah. And, uh, and that is, that's, you know, all of us men, we just, we, we have to admit that that is just in us, right? We just kind of run from God, do our own thing, go passive on these deep emotional, spiritual things. Um, so it begins there with our own heart. And in that space, and what I mean by maintaining sacred space, that's priestly duty. And that's bringing the, the shalom, the peace of God, the presence of God, the blessing of God, the awareness of God into all of our spheres of responsibility. So obviously it begins with our heart,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, uh, after our heart, well, if you're married, you have a family, your your home, and then your friends, your vocation, right, uh, your role out there in community, um, all of those things, of just being someone who's in tune, as you said earlier, right, um, someone who stays in union with God, walking with God, brings, you know, the peace of God, you know, with him. Uh, even with Jesus, when you sent the 12 out, he said, you enter a home, right? Bring your peace. It's accepted. What? Bring your shalom. Bring a blessing wherever you go. And uh, so that would just be a, a quick synopsis, kind of that, that, starting with our own heart, our own mm-hmm. sacred space, because we are now this new creation thing. We are the sacred space, right? We are not the garden anymore, but Jesus has come, and this God's dwelling inside our our soul so for a man that's top priority yeah uh and because if you're again married right you're called to love your wife like christ loved the church well i can't do that unless my own heart right i maintain the sacred space of the peace of god inside my heart and the gospel right um I mean, so I'm able to lean into the Spirit, right, to yeah. love my wife like Christ loved the church. So um, that'd be a few things on the whole idea of a priest. But also, remember, it's going—so what you said earlier is right. We we, we go vertical first,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Am I yeah. right
1: with God? And when that happens, the, all these other things, these horizontal things, provider, protector, proclaimer, uh, these things fall in line right? yeah. once we're vertical with God, so—
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think like that for like a practical purpose, like for maybe a father or even a single guy out there who's not real sure, you know, I think, you know, a good practical thing would be like, you know, just creating those habits, like how often... Do you daily check in with God, like just creating those habits? Do you wake up in the morning and then spend time with God, you know, which would normally be called kind of like that quiet time. But it's really a loud time because God's speaking, you're speaking, it's going back and forth. But it's just time set away from the rest of the culture just to hear from God. And so creating those habits can help you protect that sacred space you know, and then not hiding, you know, and if you have things, and we all do, we have things that we want to hide from God, but we're never going to find freedom from them unless we lay them before His feet in that quiet time, in that space, in that time where we're just making it a habit to check in with God and say, you know, am I square with God? Am I right with God? And then we can look to, like, the protector.
1: Yeah, I think you're that's spot on, and, and again, as we said on Sunday, I think... Man, we, we, we struggle with this because most of us have not had a real good example of, of a father who fathered mm-hmm. us to the father's father, our heavenly Father to show us how to do this. Um, I think for most of us men we struggle how do we do this How do yeah. we maintain the sacred space? How do we you know walk in this priestly duty as such and um, you know I think this is the plea where boy, the practical aspect of man, we've got to Get with other men. We need to put our. This is the importance of church discipleship, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Where we uh, we we step out in faith and we we get coffee with another man we respect and say, "Hey, how do you do this? How, how do how do you uh, as a man or a husband, right, main, maintain that sacred space? How do you mm-hmm. uh, you know you know hold on and grow into your 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 role, right, as a spiritual leader, as, as one that is to um, embrace the blessings of God and walk in." favor right yeah you uh, can g- and give that off and all four of those Ps, right
0: yeah all those peas. and i mean it's like when you hang out on that priest and you hang out on that priestly duty it's like you know, God has called us into this union with him where we have our identity given to us. And so if every father and every male out there who has this relationship with God is growing in their priestly duties of managing their own sacred space, making sure it's right with God, then it just flows into all the other relationships. Because, I mean, I think a lot of fathers would say, you know, I, I can get my family to church. Maybe my wife leads a devotional once a week if we go that far. But there are so many Things that I would I would really say, like you know, for this priestly duty, for this union with God, a great book I would recommend is by John Eldridge, and it's "Getting Your Life Back," and it talks yeah, about no. silencing the culture outside and embracing God's voice into your life.
1: Yeah, it's a great book. His other book is excellent along his lines too. It's, being, it's "Fathered by God," uh-huh. yeah, and uh, you know, which is that—that's kind of that discipleship thing. Most of us. Nobody's as a man, no one's really showed us, pointed us to our Heavenly Father, how, how, how to let our Heavenly Father father us Yeah. so we can, if we're fathers or just men, right, can walk mm-hmm. in our identity in the fullness of pride, what, what God has uh, has given us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think back to, yeah, back to this idea of the lie, you know, don't, don't live by lies. Well, back to the original lie, you know, um, in the garden, in chapter 3, well, well uh, you know, Adam went passive on all four Ps. Yeah, he went passive, and we see the radical consequence. Mm-hmm. We see through the rest of Scripture and history that then when men go passive on these things, you know, um, it has generational consequences. Now, the joy and the blessing and the hope is that the gospel can break those chains and can bring in God's promise of bringing the blessing right to thousands of generations. Yeah, uh, under the faithfulness of a man who walks in his true identity.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is. It's never too late to start you know, to make that transition because God is a redeemer. He's a redeemer of our past. He's a redeemer of our failures. He's a redeemer of our successes. Like our successes may not be full and complete successes until we've given them to God and allowed him to milk them for everything that they're worth. And so, yeah, so just encouragement to just dads and And single guys out there, like, if you feel like, man, I haven't really been taking care of that sacred place, it it doesn't mean you can throw it, you you know, throw it away. It's like, go ahead and regather, re-harness that sacred space, you know, putting those lines in the sand and saying, today I'm going to make a habit to do this. I'm going to make a habit to be with God. I'm going to make a habit to check in with God. I mean, I feel like a lot of guys would say, you know, maybe they have that protector rolled down. You know, when we look at this, but I I, I would say like, you know, the protection from the lie is the big one. You know, I mean, like, you know, if if me and my family, like I've coached them, like, you know, if you hear something loud or something like gunshots you know, run this way, you know, which way you're going to go? Where are the exits? You know, I'm always protecting my family. But I think a lot of times those protections can kind of come into cultural protections. Like what's the threat of our world? And maybe not like a priestly protection of like, hey. Samuel, I think you're believing a lie about something, and that's what's troubling you, and then going into that priestly mode and then showing him how to go get right with God, looking at my daughters and saying the same thing and speaking truth into them from God that I hear. And so I think sometimes we might like breeze through the protector like, oh, I've got this, you know, the house has this many locks, we drive safe, I make sure kids are buckled up, I'm checking on them at school, you know. But I think there's like this, don't live by the lie protection that a priest can bring in because of their union with God.
1: Yeah, I, again, I, I think that's right on. Now, the idea of protector, I think a lot of us get that idea of the physical protection, right? We, uh-huh. we, uh, you know, most men, I think they get that. <laughs> they used to. We need to shore that up in this thing, it's for sure, but the deeper aspect, the biblical aspect, there in the garden, right, is yeah. spiritual protection, right? Is that is that Adam got passive; he did not protect Eve from the tree of the knowledge of mm-hmm. good and evil, and, uh, and just like you said, it is protecting our family, our spouse, our friends, others yeah. that we're in relationship with, right? We're calling out the lies. We're
2: mm-hmm. the the main
1: protection is, and in this day and age, where so many right uh, lies are being pumped through social media, yes. right, okay. and all the other avenues that we have is a godly man that priestly duty is watching over right the household and, and I think if there's one thing one of many things I look back and feel like I, I failed or went soft or passive on raising kids was was not being more diligent
2: right mm-hmm. or vigilant
1: yeah. right in, in monitoring and really shutting down that pipeline of media mm-hmm. into the house and yeah. through the phone and in their time they spent on the on the iPad or the phone or something. You know, that that is priestly duty. What what messages are our children and our friends getting that um, that we can engage on, right, yeah. with the truth? Yeah. And then what we find is that men, you know, again, chapter three, I'm hiding. And I think mm-hmm. that's the call to men is, men, look, men, we got to come out of hiding, uh, right? The tendency is to go past it, to go into hiding from God mm-hmm. and, tr- and tr- move back from our responsibility, our calling um, from God to be that, that priest, right, to stand up for the truth, and, uh we need to step out and again all of us feel inadequate in that. This is why we must make that first step, that first call, that engagement with other men, you know, who uh we respect to to help, you know, just is that ask. Hey, I want help me in discipleship. Help me understand this. Help walk with me, right, to recover these four P's right in my life.
0: absolutely. I mean, you know, it is, it's just the cultural barrage that is coming at us just from media. And then even just the transfer of that media to one child or to one person. And then that person speaking that media into somebody else's life. I mean, I'm always like, you know, trying to coach myself on, you know, who do I allow to speak into my life? And I'm trying to teach my children and, you know, just, you know, watch over a lane, making sure like, you know, maybe that person's not getting their source of news or information or the advice they're giving you from God. And so therefore, you know, maybe, maybe take that with a grain of salt. Maybe, maybe don't socialize with that person on those deeper levels because sometimes people's motives are their agenda and their agenda is like forming their habits and forming the way they think and their values are totally wrong. And so therefore it's not a great place to get good counsel and you got to check it because, you know, you, maybe that, maybe your wife just really admires this woman and admires this person and they're just not speaking good things in because their news source, their source of information is something that needs to be protected from your family. I mean, I mean, you know, and so, yeah, there have been things like where I've just had to say, you know what, Elaine, that TV show is not okay in our house. It may be news Ah. informative. It may be a talk show, but that particular host, I don't prefer to line up with her values. And so yeah. I was just like, no more, you know.
1: Right, and that goes both ways, right? Oh, absolutely. So the the, the tragedy, <laughs> and the right, the tragedy is, it's usually most of the time it's the other way around. Uh-huh. So it's the moms who are who are are angry, you know, uh, of living with passivity in, in their yeah. husband or males, the ones that saying we shouldn't be watching that and we should be turning that off. Yeah. When just like you described, it should be the man who's setting the tone, who's spiritually sensitive into those things more mm-hmm. than and leading the way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, arm in arm, you know, side by side.
0: Why. Well, no, totally. And I mean, I, 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 mean you know, I don't really have like any of the media things so much. I mean, you know, I just don't have time. But, you know, where Elaine will correct me, you know, is how I might speak about other individuals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I go on a rant, she'll be like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Sure. I'm like, oh, no, I just said that. Yes, I did. I said it, you know. And then even, you know, my oldest daughter, Ambler, you know, she could just look at me and she can just pull that. Dad, I think you need to calm down, you know, and it just kind of holds me in check, you know, and it's like, okay, I know I'm not right with God. I'm just on a rant, you know, so I have a rant issue versus a social media issue or a TV issue. But I mean, our next one, it really kind of rolls into like where I think fathers, there's this lie of provider, right? Like, you know, we're talking about don't live in the lie. Like, you will never carry all the weight to be the full single provider for your family. You know, and I mean, I know there are lots of couples where both mom and dad work and they make it work, you know, and then there are families where just the dad works or even just for young adults or unmarried guys, like your job is not to provide for yourself. You do a job, you do it well, you work, you collect a paycheck, you, you balance, you do whatever you need to do to learn about finances. But the Bible is real clear that God is our provider and in our union with him Wow, we see this amazing thing transform our hearts to know that he's providing what we need when we need it. And our focus is to be on that union with him. I think too many dads buy into the lie that they have to provide. And so, therefore, their union is with their provision-making thing. They may be great at making money. They may have provided far beyond what their family could ever spend but it still consumes them to the point that their union isn't focused on God. It's focused on those gifts and abilities that he gave them to make money.
1: Yeah, bro, I think that's really well put. And uh, I, I, I think, isn't that the, the big lie of almost all of us, By this, we get our eyes on the provision. We get our yeah. eyes on, on the money. We get our eyes on the things. And, and rather than Setting our eyes upon who our provider is, on God. He is our provider. He yeah. is our provision, and that's so much at the very deep heart of, of discipleship and this whole idea of just encouraging men, right? To, uh, to put God first, right?
0: Yeah. No, totally. I mean, you know, but I mean, you know, if you if you look at just the biblical accounts of, you know, He moved the entire nation of Israel into the desert for forty years, and they didn't tend a the crop, they didn't tend a herd. For provision, God provided for them, you know, from water out of a rock to throw a stick in a bitter stream to manna on the ground and flocks of birds from the sky. God provided for an entire nation for 40 years. They didn't really lift a finger to meet their own needs. Absolutely. And so we Absolutely. have to just hang on that. And then, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this one over to you. Like when you talk about proclaimer, I mean, like the first thing that jumps into my youth pastoring mind and in my like 80s mind of evangelism, when I think about proclaimer, I think of like John the Baptist preparing the way and proclaimer. But I think you're talking about something more here in this word of proclaimer of not just spreading the gospel, but... Take it from there. What what are we, what are we talking yeah. about when we look at proclaimer?
1: Yeah, of course. We're to be proclaimers of the truth, not the lies. We've already talked about that. That's freely mm-hmm. duty, of, right of upholding truth and calling out the lies. Yeah, but you're right. But the deeper aspect of Adam naming the animals, right? He he set their identity. He named Eve, right? Um, and we see this all through the Old Testament. Yeah. This this power that, that 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 is given to men, right? To Speak right into their children and Mm -hmm. into others' lives that forms who they are. Right, and if that's abusive language, boy, we see the destruction. Right, but oh, the power of just bringing a blessing that settles on a young man or a young girl, right, with the uh, with their identity of who they are in God. So all of those pieces tying together when we speak into let's just say a father into their children, or to speak the truth, the blessing of of Scripture. Um, of how God sees them, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so that yeah. their
1: identity, how they see themselves is based on the truth of how God sees them, rather than all the junk in the world, or mm. even worse, is yeah. the abusive lies that a father can also right, yeah. speak over a child. So just that power of being the proclaimer of truth, and that with that, as a father, as a man, comes really a, a, a formation of um, words
2: mm-hmm. by of person.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think I can relate to that because even before I had children, I was a father. I was a youth pastor. I was a married youth pastor who had a wife. But I can remember, you know, several instances where I spoke what I felt and not spoke what I should. You know, maybe my union was not tight with God at that moment, and maybe I said a hurtful thing or a harsh thing toward a youth that I was, you know, entrusted to disciple, and so. You know, it happens. And then even as a parent, you know, you're like, I wish I hadn't said that. I should not have said that. And, you know, and and I know there are many guys out there who have said those things that are abusive and it's just what comes to your mind and you may think i've got a great union with god but my mouth is not in alignment with god and my brain is not in alignment with god in the words that come out and so i just want to encourage you like it is never too late to take that shift you know and it is never too late to go back i mean it's like when i know that i've blundered it with a child of my own and even a youth that i'm discipling i'm very quick to like I should not have said that. That was not truth that I just spoke. I was under the influence of stupidity, and that's what I'm so sorry. And then I then I seek to say what I should have said after I've had some time with God to understand what that person does need to hear. And so it's never too late to go back and make those apologies. And the faster they come, the better. But even if it's like years, you know, in the past, and you're thinking of, you know, my children now have their own children, and I have the, I'm a grandfather. But I spoke harshly to my son or I spoke harshly to my daughter. It's never too late to go back because when you deposit God's word into someone, it restores and heals so much of the past. And it doesn't matter when it comes.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent.
0: And so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we think about priest, protector, provider, and proclaimer, those four Ps are what we're saying The world needs to embrace. The men in the world who are following God need to embrace, need to recultivate that into our culture and speak truth. And we're not talking about like, you know, we're going to hold a rally here to start proclaiming truth. We're talking about, like, can you start it just within your own life? Are you hearing the words that God is speaking to you so that you know your union with him as a priest protecting your sacred place flows into your ability to be a protector and a provider and a proclaimer because it's all going to flow down we could call this the trickle down effect
1: but I, think, I, I,
0: think, I think that has already been coined but that's my generation it's the trickle down you know? all right Steve Well, where are you headed today where are you going
1: we are headed up to, uh, gosh, I, I forgot even the name of the lake. It's a funny. list, north of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Okay. And uh, on a, a beautiful lake up there. We're kind of cabin hopping on this trip. Just got back from, just left uh, a little glamping cabin outside Jackson Hole. It's okay. beautiful there. And uh, we're going to go up here and uh, hang out a couple nights with the Reagans. And we're going to pop down to a little cabin on the Grand Mesa with awesome. uh, some other friends. the Bethany's down there. And, yeah, we're just doing a a little
0: loop. You doing know. a little cabin loop. Well, hey, we pray for you and Michelle to have safe travels and great yeah. times with all the people that you're hopping with. And yeah. that pretty much wraps up this Root Issues for today. We want to thank you for tuning in. If always, you can access us, communicate to us at rootissues at com. Let us know any comments or thoughts that you have. And we'll be digging more into priest, provider, protector, proclaimer, The four Ps as we continue this series, and we just want to strengthen and shore up men. Next week on Sunday, we've got Trinity Terry bringing the Word, and it's going to be awesome. So make sure you make church on Sunday, and I hope to get Trinity here in the booth and have a little podcast with him about what he's speaking on. Steve, take care. Be safe, and we miss you, and we'll talk at you soon. All right. Y'all take care now. Bye. (laughs) you <laughs>